Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good afternoon and welcome to the Saturday, May 13th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great podcasts over there. Definitely worth your while. Um, I think we've got over 60 over there now. We've got to have over 60 over there. Very carefully curated, broad spectrum of topics. So uh, you can't help but find something you want to listen to over there. So I would encourage you to do so. I want to continue to point you at the final link in our show notes. It is for the Vail Valley Baptist Church Gives and Go campaign. Uh, we're striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage so that we can shift gears and commence establishment of a Christian classic education-based school to provide a trustworthy alternative here within our community. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, and why I greeted you this afternoon, honestly, I just... I was too tired. I did not record last night and I've been a little busy this morning, but I just didn't record until this afternoon. So I'm sorry this is kind of late, but I did want to go ahead and get it in, get our Bible reading in. Um, and honestly, I'm probably going to turn around and record tomorrow's right after it. So, um, so that one will be out on time. But with that being said, why don't we go ahead and jump into it? I don't want to waste too much of your time. We'll go ahead and open up here on this Saturday morning with the seventh day morning prayer. It's called God's good pleasure. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, thy will is supreme in heaven and earth, and all beings are creatures of thy power. Thou art the father of our spirits. Thy inspiration gives us understanding. Thy providence governs our lives. But, O God, we are sinners in thy sight. Thou hast judged us so, and if we deny it, we make thee a liar. Yet in Christ thou art reconciled to thy rebellious subjects. Give us the ear of faith to hear him, the eye of faith to see him, the hand of faith to receive him, the appetite of faith to feed upon him, that we might find in him light, riches, honor, eternal life. Thou art the inviting one. May we hearken to thee, the almighty instructor. Teach us to live to thee, the light dweller, inaccessible to man and angels, hiding thyself behind the elements of creation, but known to us in Jesus. Possess our minds with the grandeur of thy perfections. Thy love to us in Jesus is firm and changeless. Nothing can separate us from it and in the enjoyment of it nothing can make us miserable. Preserve us from hypocrisy and formality in religion. Enable us to remember what thou art and what we are, to recall thy holiness and our unworthiness. Help us to approach thee clothed with humility, for vanity, forwardness, insensibility, disorderly affection, backwardness to duty, proneness to evil are in our hearts. Let us never forget thy patience, wisdom, power, faithfulness, care, and never cease to respond to thy invitations. Amen. All right. Now our morning devotion from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening uh, for May 13th. The text for it is from Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen. All right, here we go. Christian, if thou art in a night of trial, think of the morrow. Cheer up thy heart with the thought of the coming of thy Lord. 
be patient, for lo, he comes with clouds descending. Be patient. The husbandman waits until he reaps his harvest. Be patient, for you know who has said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every man according as his work shall be. If you are never so wretched now, remember, a few more rolling suns at most will land thee on fair Canaan's coast. Thy head may be crowned with thorny troubles now, but it shall wear a starry crown ere long. Thy hand may be filled with cares. It shall weep the strings of the harp of heaven soon. I'm sorry, it shall sweep the strings of the harp of heaven soon. That changes that. Thy garments may be soiled with dust now. They shall be white by and by. Wait a little longer. Ah, how despicable our troubles and trials will seem when we look back upon them. Looking at them here in the prospect, they seem immense. But when we get to heaven, we shall then, with transporting joys, recount the labors of our feet. Our trials will then seem light and momentary afflictions. Let us go on boldly. If the night be never so dark, the morning cometh, which is more than they can say, who are shut up in the darkness of hell. Do you know what it is thus to live on the future, to live on expectation, to antedate heaven? Happy believer, to have so sure, so comforting a hope. It may be all dark now, but it will soon be light. It may be all trial now, but it will soon be all happiness. What matters it, though, weeping may endure for a night, when joy cometh in the morning. Again, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I, I, we as Christians, and I, don't get me wrong, believe me, I know there are many Christians out there who have it so much worse off than I do, uh, than we do here in our country. But even they, and they would tell you the same thing, even they know joy cometh in the morning, and they look for that, and they joy. They, are, they live in joy. They choose joy. What an amazing one. Wow. Sorry. That just really, <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't even know that was the one for the day. So that, that was awesome. All right. We're going to go ahead and do our reading for the day. Uh, we're going to be doing first Samuel 14, uh, John seven, verse 31 to the end of the chapter, Psalm 109 and Proverbs 15 verses five through seven. So first Samuel 14, hear the word of the Lord. Now they, now the day came that Jonathan, the son of Saul said to the young man who was carrying his armor, come and let us cross over to the Philistine gar Philistines garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father and Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah under the pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people who were with him were about 600 men. And Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the priest of Yahweh at Shiloh was wearing an ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Now between the passes by which Jonathan sought to cross over to the Philistines garrison, there was a sharp crag on the one side and a sharp crag on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes and the name of the other Sene. The one crag rose on the north opposite Michmash and the other on the south opposite Geba, Jeba. Then Jonathan said to the young man who was carrying his armor, come and let us cross over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Perhaps Yahweh will work for us. For Yahweh is not restrained to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Turn yourself, and here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Behold, we will cross over to the men and reveal ourselves to them. And if they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go up, for Yahweh has given them into our hands. And this shall be the sign to us. 
So both of them revealed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves. So the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will make you know something. And Jonathan said to his armor, armor bearer, Come up after me, for Yahweh has given them into the hands of Israel. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet with his armor bearer behind him, and they fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer put some to death after him. And that first slaughter with Jonathan, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about twenty men within about half a furrow and an acre of land. And there was a trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. Even the garrison and the raiders trembled, and the earth quaked so that it became a great trembling. Then Saul's watchmen in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went here and there. So Saul said to the people who were with him, Number now and see who has gone from us. And when they had numbered, behold, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. Then Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here, for the ark of God was at that time with the sons of Israel. And it happened that while Saul talked to the priest, the commotion in the camp of the Philistines continued and increased. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and came to the battle. And behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was great confusion. Now the Hebrews who were with the Philistines previously, who went up with them all around in the camp, even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Now all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines had fled, and they pursued them closely in the battle. So Yahweh saved Israel that day, and the battle spread beyond beth -Avon. Now the men of Israel were hard-pressed on that day, and Saul had put the people under oath, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food before evening, and until I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food. Now all the people of the land entered the forest, and there was honey on the ground. So the people entered the forest, and behold, there was a flow of honey, but no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the sworn oath. But Jonathan had not heard when his father put the people under a sworn oath. Therefore he put out the end of the staff that was in his hand, and dipped it in the honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes brightened. Then one of the people answered and said, Your father strictly put the people under a sworn oath, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food today. And the people were weary. Then Jonathan said, My father has troubled the land. See now how my eyes have brightened because I tasted a little of this honey? How much more if only the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies, which they found? For now the slaughter among the Philistines has not been great. Then they struck among the Philistines that day from Michmash to Aijalon, and the people were very weary. So the people rushed greedily upon the spoil, and they took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, Behold, the people are sinning against Yahweh by eating with the blood. And he said, You have acted treacherously. Roll a great stone to me today. And Saul said, Scatter yourself among the people and say to them, Each one of you bring me his ox or his sheep and slaughter it here and eat, and do not sin against Yahweh by eating with the blood. So all the people that night brought each one his ox with him and slaughtered it there. And Saul built an altar to Yahweh. It was the first altar that he built to Yahweh. Then Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and take spoil among them until the morning light, and let us not leave a man of them. And they said, Do whatever seems good in your eyes. So the priest said, Let us draw near to God here. And Saul asked of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into the hand of Israel? But he did not answer him on that day. 
And Saul said, Draw near here, all you chiefs of the people, and know and see how this sin has happened today. For as Yahweh lives, who saves Israel, though it is in Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But not one of all the people answered him. Then he said to all Israel, You shall be on one side, and I and Jonathan my son will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, Do what seems good in your eyes. Therefore Saul said to Yahweh, the God of Israel, Give a perfect lot. And Jonathan and Saul were taken, but the people escaped. And Saul said, Cast lots between me and Jonathan my son. And Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. So Jonathan told him and said, I indeed tasted a little honey with the end of the staff that was in my hand. Here I am, I must die. And Saul said, May God do this to me and more also, for you shall surely die, Jonathan. But the people said to Saul, Must Jonathan die who has brought about this great salvation in Israel? Far from it, as Yahweh lives, not one hair of his head shall fall to the ground. For he has worked with God this day. So the people redeemed Jonathan, and he did not die. Then Saul went up from pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. Now Saul had taken the kingdom over Israel, and he fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, the sons of Ammon, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines, and whatever he turned he inflicted I'm sorry, and wherever he turned he inflicted punishment. And he acted valiantly and struck down the Amalekites, and delivered Israel from the hands of those who plundered them. Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan and Ishvi and Malkishua, and the names of his two daughters were these, the name of the firstborn Merab and the name of the younger Michael, and then or Michal. And the name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz, and the name of the commander of his army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. And Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. Now the war against the Philistines was severe, severe all the days of Saul, and Saul would see any mighty man or any man of valor and would gather him to his staff. All right, John 7, verse 31 through the end of the chapter. But many of the crowd believed in him, and they were saying, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than this man did? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering these things about him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. Therefore Jesus said, For a little while longer I am with you. Then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. The Jews then said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Is he intending to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this statement that he said, You will seek me and will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Some of the crowd, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, This truly is the prophet. Others were saying, This is the Christ. Still others were saying, No, for is the Christ going to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them were wanting to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, Never has a man spoken like this. The Pharisees then answered them, Have you also been led astray? Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? 
But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he came to him before, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing? They answered him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. Everyone went to his home. All right, Psalm 109. For the choir director of David, a psalm. O God of my praise, do not be silent, for they have opened a wicked mouth and a deceitful mouth against me. They have spoken to me with a lying tongue. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without cause. In return for my love they accuse me, but I am in prayer. Thus they have set upon me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man over him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him come forth a wicked man, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, let another take his office, let his sons be orphans, and his wife a widow. Let his sons wander aimlessly and beg, and let them search for food from their ruined homes. Let the creditor seize all that he has, and let strangers plunder the fruit of his labor. Let there be none to extend loving kindness to him, and let there be none to be gracious to his orphans. Let those who follow him be cut off, in a following generation let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before Yahweh, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before Yahweh continually, that he may cut off their memory from the earth, because he did not remember to show loving kindness, but persecuted the afflicted, the needy man, and the disheartened to put them to death. He also loved cursing, so it came to him, and he did not delight in the blessing, so it was far from him. But he clothed himself with cursing as his garment, and it came into his inward parts like water, and like oil into his bones. Let it be to him as a garment with which he wraps himself, and for a belt with which he constantly girds himself. This is the reward of my accuser from Yahweh, and of those who speak evil against my soul. But as for you, O Yahweh, O Lord, deal with me for your name's sake, because your loving kindness is good, deliver me. For I am afflicted and needy, and my heart is pierced within me. I am passing like a shadow when it is stretched out. I am shaken off like the locust. My knees are feeble from fasting, and my flesh has grown lean, without fatness. As for me, I have become a reproach to them. They see me, they wag their head. Help me, O Yahweh, my God. Save me according to your loving kindness, and let them know that this is your hand. You, O Yahweh, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. They arise and will be put to shame. But your slave shall be glad. Let my accusers be clothed with dishonor, and let them wrap themselves with their own shame as with a robe. With my mouth I will give thanks abundantly to Yahweh, and in the midst of many I will praise him, for he stands at the right hand of the needy, to save him from those who judge his soul. All right, and Proverbs 15, verses 5 through 7. An ignorant fool spurns his father's discipline, but he who keeps reproof is prudent. The house of the righteous has much treasure, but in the income of the wicked there is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not so. The sacrifice of the wicked... Oh, sorry, about to go too far. All right, well, that was our reading for the day. Let's go ahead and do the evening um, devotion. The text for it is from Psalm 119, verse 57. Thou art my portion, O Lord. Look at thy possessions, O believer, and compare thy portion with the lot of thy fellow men. Some of them have their portion in the field. They are rich, and their harvests yield them a golden increase. But what are harvests compared with thy God, who is the God of harvest? 
What are bursting granaries compared with him, and who is the husbandman, and feeds thee with the bread of heaven? Some have their portion in the city, their wealth is abundant, and flows to them in constant streams, until they become a very reservoir of gold. But what is gold compared with thy God? Thou couldst not live on it, thy spiritual life could not be sustained by it. Put it on a troubled conscience, and could it allay its pangs? Apply it to a desponding heart, and see if it could stay a solitary groan, or give one grief the less. But thou hast God, and in him thou hast more than gold or riches ever could buy. Some have their portion in that which most men love, applause and fame. But ask thyself, is not thy God more to thee than that? What if a myriad clarions should be loud in thine applause? Would this prepare thee to pass the Jordan, or cheer thee in prospect of judgment? No, there are griefs in life which wealth cannot alleviate, and there is the deep need of a dying hour, for which no riches can provide. But when thou hast God for thy portion, thou hast more than all else put together. In him every want is met, whether in life or in death. With God for thy portion, thou art rich indeed, for he will supply thy need, comfort thy heart, assuage thy grief, guide thy steps, be with thee in the dark valley, and then take thee home to enjoy him as thy portion forever. I have enough, said Esau. This is the best thing a worldly man can say. But Jacob replies, I have all things, which is a note too high for carnal minds. All right. Well, that is our program for the day. I thank you for spending the time. I'm sorry it was so late in the day, but I'm glad we actually got it out there. I hope you got the time to spend it with me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Of course, it's afternoon here and it's actually later in the east. It's evening there. Um, but I hope you have a good rest of your day. Um, I would, like I always do, continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Let's go ahead and close out with the seventh day evening prayer. It's called Future Blessing. Let's pray. O Lord God, there is no blessing we implore, but thou art able to give, hast promised to give, hast given already to countless multitudes, all unworthy and guilty like ourselves. Make us willing to receive the supply of our need from thy bounty. To this end, convince us of sin. Soften our hard hearts to bewail our folly, ingratitude, pride, unbelief, rebellion, corruption. Through the law may we die to the law, then look with wonder, submission, delight to the provision thou hast made. For the glory of thy name and the salvation of sinners. Give us a hope that makes us not ashamed, a love that excites to holy obedience, a joy in thee that is our strength, a faith in thy Son who loved us and died for us. May we persevere in duty, when not fully conscious of thee, wait upon thee and keep thy way. Be humble and earnest suppliance at thy feet. Live continually as on the brink of eternity. Let us be at thy disposal for the duties and events of life. Submit our preferences to thy wisdom and will. Resign our enjoyments if thou shouldst require it, as our absolute proprietor and best friend. In our unworthiness and provocations, make us grateful for the means of grace and the ordinances of religion, and teach us to profit by them more than we have done. Help us to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day to enter upon the Sabbath mindful of its solemnities, duties, privileges, setting all things worldly aside while we worship thee. May we know the blessedness of men whose strength is in thee, and in whose hearts are the highways to heaven. Amen. All right. Well, again, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening in this case. Um, I, I would pray that if you haven't already today, that your plans for tomorrow include worshiping with the saints. And finding a good, a solid local church and going and worshiping there. If it doesn't, change your plans. All right. You have a great night. God bless. <laughs>